When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Do me a favor, subscribe to the John Com Report wherever you get your podcast, and find us on YouTube at Empire Media. That's A M P I R E. We're going to keep rocking there, and if you're watching there, we're hoping to include some highlights interwoven sometimes throughout these reports. Today, again, just me and you, it's August 3rd. So this is another training camp report because again, the commanders practice today on Thursday, they're going to have an abbreviated session. So I'm going to have a special guest for you to hear on for Thursday's podcast slash YouTube video. Let's get to the practice report. And it starts with Curtis Samuel back out on the practice field today. The receiver, of course, has missed the last three practices as part of the quote-unquote plan. Now, where, where that plan is going, will time will only tell. What I know is he missed the last three practices. Today, he was out there. When you watch him on the side field, he was able to cut and was doing a lot of cutting. So it wasn't, I think he wasn't hindered over there or hampered over there. There, as Rivera, Ron Rivera said, they're trying to ramp up his conditioning and kind of ramp up his ability to handle full loads over an extended time, whether they're just being cautious or if there's something more going on, again, time will tell. And I think I do know that there's been tightness in there. You hear some stuff about the hamstring, back, you know, a little bit about back. So just being cautious there. So let's see where this goes. But he was out there today and he looked pretty good. And the one of the things that he gives you was a different element to that offense. And I think, as I said yesterday, I think they could survive without him again because if Dotson comes through, if Deami Brown comes through, Logan Thomas, Cole Turner, Gibson McKissick, there's still talent there to work with. But Curtis Samuel makes them better when he's on the field. And there was there are a couple of things he did today. They use him a lot on screens. You screen to the left, make screen all the way to the right on the other side on consecutive plays. Um, I like that kind of stuff, especially in a hurry-up type of setting because it makes the defense have to run. That's something Kyle Shanahan used to love to do. You go wide left on one play in a hurry up, you're going to go wide right on the other. Get those linemen having to run, and then you hit them, hit them, hit them, because now they're starting to get tired and stand up. So not that it's that's as much a philosophy. You can do that without Curtis Samuel, but if you don't get to him, he can break one in that open field setting. The other one I like, the other play in alignment that I like, they had Samuel wide left, Dotson is the number two receiver inside, and then Terry McLaurin inside as the number three receiver. So if you're a defense, you're not quite sure what they're going to do there, especially with Dotson and McLaurin next to each other. And then Samuel on the outside just ran a hitch on that play. But the confusing, confusing part comes inside with Dotson and McLaurin, the combination of those three, but those two in particular. And you see Dotson coming off the ball, kind of stutter step, and he's going to run a crosser. And then you see McLaurin come off the ball, kind of stutter step. He's going to run a post. Somebody's going to be open in that play because if you're if you're safe, you're going to you may be driving down in that play. In fact, on this play, I think if I think if they went back and looked at it, McLaurin was open a deep post. 
The ball did go underneath, but I think it's something to watch when they use that alignment, how those two do things, because Dotson could have run that same route that McLaurin did. And McLaurin could have done what Dotson did. So I think, and done it effectively, that's the key. So I think that gives you some more options there. But again, it helps having Sam on the field because that trio, Samuel could come underneath on that one as well. So that trio certainly gives defenses something more to think about. Today was also another day to watch the little little one-on-one drills because they were in full pads again today. So you get to watch. I'm going to look at my notes too for a minute. Look, Get to watch some of those, those one-on-one drills in pass pro. And for example, you start to see who, who has stuff to work. What do they have to do? Like, you know, J.D. McKissick's going to look a certain way in pass pro. In a game, he's going to look a certain way. We've seen it. Antonio Gibson's still, still developing there, but is becoming much better there. And you see that too. You see the feet, the footwork, the base. But when you got the guy you want to pay attention to is Brian Robinson because he's, if he, the more he can do this role, the more he'd be able to help them. Of course, right now you have Gibson ahead of him, you have, and you have JD. But if they need him, then he's going to have to do this. So, one of the past pros, I saw Milo Eifler basically on the play, on the, on the rep, um, Robinson comes up to meet him. And Eifler, he almost whiffs on Eifler, gets a little piece of him, but Eifler gets by him. Eifler is a guy that's, I don't know that he's going to make the roster here. And so that's, it was a good learning, learning tool for Robinson. In fact, after the rep, I saw Ron Rivera and running backs coach Randy Jordan talking to Robinson for a minute or two, just going over what you needed to do better on that one. But I think those are revealing sessions. And I think you see that. Um, during all the one-on-one drills. And I think you see in the inside run drill as well, or in the run drill, when you basically have not throwing anything, it's just it's just running, running the ball and run blocking. So in those drills, I was trying to pay attention to the young tight ends because if you don't have John Bates and you don't have Logan Thomas, these guys are going to have to do something for you. And Bates remains out and Logan Thomas remains out. We don't know when he's coming back. I don't know when Bates is coming back either. I know he's been on the side and he's still like during practice, he'll oftentimes ride the bike, but he's not out there and he's their top blocking, blocking tight end. So the young guys have to develop, especially Cole Turner. And I do. And I actually talked to Turner about this after practice, what he has to, when he was at Nevada, it's, they run that air raid offense and there's not a lot of blocking for tight end. So the biggest thing he said he has to get used to really is the footwork. And he's not, he knows he's not going to overpower guys, but the saying he gives is, you know, strong defeats weak, but smart can defeat strong. So the goal for him isn't so much, he's not going to overpower guy, but just be smart about angles, be smart about your footwork. And that's how you can compensate for it. And I've actually seen some growth in him there over this time. In fact, when we talked about the footwork, I saw that in some of the drills where he is able to turn his guy out seal him off backside i saw another play was coming across the line across the formation and he blocks jamin davis on a, on a run and so just a nice job doesn't have to overpower guys just has to do his job and get in the way in those situations i think the other two are going to be more even more works in progress and that's curtis hodges and amani rogers samus reyes is also getting work in that role he's that's the thing he does best is block. He's just not fluent as a receiver. And I think that's going to hurt him in the end because I think they really like those other tight ends that they have, those other three tight ends, the rookies 
as well as obviously Bates and Thomas. More on this in a minute. Um, the one thing that you do notice, though, is with all those guys is a willingness to block. And I think you saw that, um, you know, you definitely see that there's a willingness to do it. It starts there. Then it comes down to technique. And in some cases, it may come down to adding strength. And I think that'll be the case with, with Rodgers. I love watching Rodgers catch the ball because he's very fluid when he gets it. He's, there was, he had one route today, a crossing route, grabs it and is able to turn right away, right? Get up here. He's athletic like that. But he's also not a huge guy. I think he's going to have to learn how to block. It's a new, completely new role for him in the NFL. I did see him get bowled over one time by Shaka Tony. So that that's, but again, just something he's going to have to learn to do. I like how Curtis Hodges competes with the, with the, um, with, with his blocking. You know, I think that's going to be something to watch with their, um, and again, with, with, with uh, Cole is, Turner is the big one because he's going to be the guy that's going to play immediately. And I do think like Bates, my guess will be, he'll be back at some point. So I think Turner's going to have to play immediately. And I do think he's improving in that blocking area. Um, and he's such a good target. The one thing too, it's funny because I was talking to another coach about this after practice about Turner. And just like their point was, you sometimes see guys who are fast, but they don't run fast routes. He said, one of the keys with Turner is he's fast. He also runs fast routes. So, and he uses as a, and he's very athletic. So that helps, but it starts with, he runs his routes fast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Um, the other thing let's talk about is, um, again, one-on-one pass rush and what you see. One guy that has jumped out a little bit as an undrafted guy is Jacob Panaceic. Uh from Michigan State. The funny thing is he wears number 91, Ryan Kerrigan's old number, and you'll see Panasonic flash once in a while. And one thing I think that's kind of, when you watch like some of the one-on-one pass rushes, you see him having a plan. You see him having a counter move. He took on one, one rush, he took um, the left tackle upfield and then cuts back inside. So you see him trying to set a guy up and having a plan out there. Now, you got him in a full team drill. I saw some of the old line be able to control him a little bit. So he's got a ways to go. I'm not saying he's making the roster. I just think he's a guy that has flashed a little bit for somebody in his position. And so maybe a practice squad guy because they need some edge guys to develop. It is not, it's still not a deep area for this team at all. <laughs> Talked about Sam Cosby yesterday. And so one thing, and it's funny because I did talk to him after practice. And I know Bram Weinstein talked to him too. So if you want to hear a full interview with him, you can hear it on ESPN 630. But one of the things I wanted, it was curious with Cosme is 
where does he feel more comfortable? Where is he a smarter player this year? And he said, one of the things last year, there, when he would be lining up at the line of scrimmage, there was like, if he's lining up against Montez Sweat, he's so worried about so many different things. All this stuff is in your head and it's swirling around and it basically leads to mistakes from the start. So the minute you take a bad step, then Sweat is going to beat you. So this year, so I think I told you on Tuesday, he had a really good rep, some really good reps against Sweat. What well, starts with that first step. So he said, all he concentrates now on is that first step. Get that first step, win that first step, and then it goes from there. Today, he did get beat in the one-on-one versus Sweat with a bull rush. So I asked him, what do you learn off of a rush like that? Because that's all that, that's what a lot of this process is, is learning. And his comment was, basically, you have to learn when to punch the guy. So when are you going to punch the guy with your hands? And he said, what, you know, what point do you do that? That's where he aired on that play. So now that's a little subtle thing because it's the difference is boom, boom, right? And so that, but that's what he learned there. So let's see where he goes. But he looks so much better. Doesn't win every time against Sweat, not going to, and he shouldn't because if he does, that's not good for Sweat. But he, but Cosme, it does look a lot more comfortable. And those are some of the reasons why. Uh, the other guy I want to talk about, and we go back to, there's two guys, and I love talking about JD McKissick because I, I just, I enjoy watching him. And I told, I told people who are Lions fans, like, I still don't get, there's two things I don't get. Why the Lions let him go two years ago? Because when you watch his Lions tape, a lot of what he's showing now, it's there. And then the other thing I don't get is why this team risked losing him this offseason. Because when you watch him, you realize what a loss he would have been. So, and I think I told you the other day, one of the things that you hear about J.D. McKissick is his ability to cut full. He had a route today in the one-on-ones. This is a perfect example. So he's, he's lined up against Jamin Davis. So he's coming out of the backfield, looks like he's going to cut outside, then stems hard inside, but it's a big, hard stem, but it causes Davis to fly inside. But they, or excuse me, McKissick is so quick that he can cut right back outside and create an opening for himself. And that's what he did on this one route. Again, it's, it's what you see in games and practices and one-on-one drills, and it's why that guy is so effective. And I think, you again, you can learn a lot about watching guys run routes. There's a difference when McKissick runs a route versus a Brian Robinson, a Gibson. They're different style players. It's just like there's a difference watching Terry McCorn run a route versus a Cam Sims. The attention to detail, the quickness in and out of a break is dramatic, is very different between a McCorn and a Cam Sims and McKissick and everybody else. Um, and I'll probably talk more about Sims in later ones, but there is a difference there. And it's why... One why some guys play more than others is that attention to detail that McKissick has plus the quick twitch aspect. And so you saw it again in these one-on-one passwords and then one-on-one uh, drills with the backs coming out of the backfield. The other thing in there too, Cole Holcomb is having a good camp. And I'll say that. And of the linebackers, he's definitely the one standing out, always involved in the play. His hands getting out, getting his hand on balls. Um, and in coverage, he's been pretty good. And when, one of the things that what you notice about him, too, is, again, I bring up what Ron Rivera said the other day about guys chirping at each other, but then trying to help one another after a rep. I, every time I watch Cole Holcomb today, after every rep, he went up to the guy on offense that he went against, whether to slap hands with them, but also to talk about what it is that they, what, that he saw in the route or what, what the guy did. Just talk about the play. 
that's how you learn. But one, but you do notice Fulcom doing that an awful lot. And again, I think he has stood out um, definitely as well. Again, after one rep, it was with Antonio Gibson, a good job by Fulcom on the play. And it, it matters. It, it definitely matters. I'll go back to Brian Robinson, because again, I talk about McKissick, but again, he's a different back than Robinson. So I'm not comparing the two because they're different styles. But Kalik Hudson did a nice job on um, Robinson when it when it was an off the ball coverage. So Robinson out of the backfield and tries to tries to get him inside, doesn't get him. Hudson is right there, and it was a nice job by by Hudson. I don't, you know, Hudson has been kind of up and down with his camp at times. You know, sometimes it looks pretty good, sometimes he's he's a backup and he's a special teams guy. Um, but I do think at some point they're going to have to sign another linebacker. In fact. One of their backups in camp, Drew White, was is lost for with a torn ACL. I think the names to watch still at some point in this camp would be AJ Klein and John Bostic, just because they have familiarity with this defense. The coaches know both players. That always matters. Whether or not one of those guys here, don't know, but they're still among the two to watch at some point. I do believe. Um, last thing I'll say is again with the with the pads on, you've seen more of the offense maybe having some success. And I think they had it yesterday and today was kind of a mixed bag of things, but you do see some guys now starting to create more separation. And one of the things that one coach, I think it was Ron Rivera at the podium was saying that when you have the pads on for a lineman, offensive lineman, when you don't have the pads on, you're just absorbing blocks. Now, when you have the pads on, you can attack more without fear of getting your other guy hurt. So I think whether or not that's made a difference, that's what that's what they say. Um, and but I do know the offense has looked better the last two days. Today again, probably a mixed bag back and forth. Well, there you go. That's the uh, Washington Commanders practice report for Wednesday, August third. I will be back with a interview with a special guest on Thursday. Talk to you next time. <laughs>